EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to say a huge shout out and a huge thank you for all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And to all my new listeners, thank you for tuning in tonight. And hopefully you will become a regular listener going forward. And ultimately, want to thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of others. Well, we have another great show, as we do here on the Shape Your Finances show. I'm very privileged to have some great guests, and I have another great guest tonight. Well, tonight, we are going to be talking about the health and wellness for our children during this pandemic this COVID-19 pandemic, which has devastated uh, us globally. And I just want to just do a quick reminder to all of us. I know we all all of us don't share the same, uh, I guess, uh, understanding when it comes to wearing a mask, when it comes to those types of things. But let us do remember those that have passed uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, we have uh, India right now is facing uh, a lot right now. And I do have some people that I know that live in India that are being affected directly. But we here in the States, uh, we're yet dealing with COVID-19. So I do ask all of us to be kind, be respectful, Let us uh, respect each other, those that are wearing masks and those that choose not to wear a mask. Uh, Let us be respectful for those that have been vaccinated and those that choose not to. We all have choices and we we all have decisions, but let us love and respect each other regardless of where we are. We can do that, and so let us do that. And let us continue to pray and uplift those that have lost loved ones during uh, this pandemic and those that have faced hardships uh, during this pandemic. A lot of people still out of their jobs, uh, yet trying to make ends meet. We have a lot of our children that are still not in, in I guess, in class uh, uh, in, in their schools. But hopefully and prayerfully, all of this uh, will come to a close as we continue to get the cases lowered and prayerfully to eradicate this virus from our society. So just wanted to make mention of that. 
Now, tonight, like I said, we will be talking about the health and wellness for our children during COVID-19. So if you had any questions or if you had any comments uh, in tonight's uh, conversation, you can call in at 917-889-8078. You can ask your question or give your comment. I do ask uh, that you give me your first name and where you're calling from if you so desire to have a question or comment. For those of you who don't know, you can listen to all the past shows of the Shape, uh, Shape Your Finances show. You can be, we can be heard on demand on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, and also, you can always go to my website at shipmentconsulting.com, click on the radio show banner. It'll take you to the page that I've dedicated uh, to the show. It has a gallery of all the past guests that I had here. You can just click on that picture and be able to listen to any of the past shows as well. Well, let's get started. Uh, well, we have a fantastic guest. My guest tonight is a best-selling author of two books, one of which is called Bullet, excuse me, Bullyproof, Unleash the Hero Inside Your Kid. Second book is called Noms. Now, my guest, she has been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox, and CW. She has a BS degree in psychology. She's a certified life coach, certified behavioral consultant. She's also a trainer for Tony Robbins. Drawing upon her expertise professionally and personally, she has created a four-day program called the In-Home Turnaround. This This program allows her to move in with the family for four days, help bring peace back in the home, have the parents back in charge, and create a more passionate relationship between the parents. She is sometimes called the kid family whisper. She has a dynamic way of getting the kids and parents to be real, raw, and vulnerable, which allows her to help not only mend the gaps with their kids and parenting skills, but also the relationship between both parents. Through the lessons and gifts she's received from her past, it has helped her to be a huge advocate to make our society bullyproof. In order to do this, she speaks at conferences, schools, and any platform to teach how to improve our self-worth, self-esteem, and change our story. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Ms. Venu Keller. Hello, Venu. How are you this evening? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, ah, thank you so much for being here tonight, my expert. Yes, I'm so glad to be talking about this topic because it is definitely something that we are feeling um, as parents. Um, I know a lot of my clients are feeling it, you know, how they have been handling everything since the pandemic started to all the uncertainty that we're going on in our lives right now. Yeah, yeah, so very important topic. I know everybody knows that my show is a financial and life empowerment show, and of course, a big part of my show is finance, but another aspect of the show is life in general, and I think this is one vital topic that we need to have tonight. I know I have a number of parents, a number of business owners that are parents, a lot of individuals that are parents, or either in touch with children. And we know from this pandemic, 
it has really, really wreaked havoc, uh, not only financially, but mentally and emotionally. So let's have this conversation here with you. I want to kind of start off, this is kind of a broad, uh, big question, I would say, but I think it would be a good introduction to our conversation tonight. Uh, would you kind of provide some insight of what is going on with our children and the effects of the pandemic? And what I mean by that, you know, when the pandemic first got started and as we were getting on into the pandemic, even on last year, a lot of our children had to be at home. So they had to start learning or start being educated from home. And a lot of that responsibility fell on the parents, even though teachers were still involved. Of course, we had the lack of social interaction. Uh, we had the mental and the emotional strain on the family because some family members lost their jobs due to the pandemic. So can you provide some, some insight of what's going on with our children and how they have been affected with this pandemic? Absolutely. So I can tell you through my perception of having my own children, I have six kids of my own, but also coaching families and looking at, you know, what were our kids going through before and what are our kids going through, you know, during and now. And I will tell you the difference is that parents are now home to see. It's not like the kids are more depressed because, um, I mean, I wouldn't say they're not more depressed. I mean, I definitely, the, like you said, the social aspect has taken a toll on these kids. But I think that we're able to recognize it easier now because now we're home, we're aware, because we're not, they're not leaving at 8, you're not leaving at 8, and then you come back for just a couple of hours at night and then watch repeat for the next day, right? So we're home now with them. We've been home. We've seen different behaviors show up. I think that, you know, even for us adults, how did we handle it? How did we handle one day being at work and the next day finding out the whole world closed and we're not going anywhere for a while? Not knowing yeah. is it only going to last a week? Is it going to last two months? Who knew it was going to last a year? And, yeah. you know, for our kids, you know, they don't even have the mind capacity that we do to have the reasoning, to have the emotional awareness and stability to go through what we went through. So, when we say how did it affect our kids, it created a huge trauma for them for, you know, we realized as a nation, as a world, how much we need connection. We need physical touch. We need physical energy with other people. And now kids are going back to school. And I'm going to tell you, like, one of my kids were like, they were scared. They were scared to go back after a year and a half being out. Yeah. And I said, are you scared or are you excited? She goes, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know right now. Like, so our children don't even know, like, is it excitement or is it scared? And yeah. so, you know, it's to meet them where they're at and nurture them right now. Find out from them. I was curious, not critical. Instead of assuming you know what they're going through, instead of assuming you know the emotions they're feeling, let's get curious and ask them. What feelings are showing up and what is driving or triggering that feeling for you? That is very good. I like that because a lot of time we make assumptions, uh, even with our children, you know, they're thinking that uh, they'll be fine or you, we assume that they are fine because they hadn't said anything. But you, 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 you said something so simple, but it, it is so needed. Ask them. I mean, even down to, you know, I look at the experience with, my, with both my kids. Uh, 
My oldest one was home for spring break. Uh, uh, she goes to school in Boston, and she never went back until the fall. So here it is. She's here on spring break with very limited resources because most of her books and information was back in Boston. All of her things are there in Boston, and here, here she's being told, don't come back to the campus. Then my right. youngest, yeah, then my youngest one, it was her senior year of high school. So here it is. She missed out on prom. She missed out on grad night. She missed out on senior activities and was brought home. So you're right. The trauma or the, you know, the, the, the effects were different. You know, it's different for, you know, for young kids as well as uh, older kids, but everybody was affected. And like I said, for you to say, to, to say, ask them, ask them, that's the only way we're going to really find out what is actually going on in the minds and the hearts of our children is to ask them about how they're feeling and what's going on with them during this pandemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing is that, you know, they missed out, like you were saying, they missed out on some pivotal things that they'll never get back. They're never going to get their senior graduation back. They're never going to get their prom back. You know, um, it's, it's just an opportunity to move forward and make it the best. And when we say they missed out, we have to, again, ask some questions. What specifically do you feel you missed out on? And what would you want to, you know, do in the future to fill that gap? Like, yeah. let's not just go over the gap and forget about it. How do we fulfill it for them? What would that look like for them? Mm-hmm. Very good point. So, so you know, what can – go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so um, – I'm probably going to answer your question before you ask it. So like, what would that look like for some of them? You know, um, like some of them says, you know, I I want, as soon as this is over, I want to plan a party. I want to, you know, what if some of the parents got together and created, you know, um, some type of, you know, rent out, you know, a hall or something and give us a prom, you know, have like a trip plan that we can all go on. Something to get that social interaction to celebrate the end of that high school era. Yeah, very good. You know, it, I have, a, I guess, something funny that I tried to do with my daughter uh, because, you know, missing out on a prom. So I forget what month, you know, it's like June, July, you know, right in the heart of everything being, for the most part, shut down. I asked her, I said, well, you know, one night we were, you know, everybody were, you know, we had dinner, everybody had gone to their rooms. So my wife and I were in the uh, family room. So we say, you know what, let's just put on some music because we love to dance here in my household. So uh, I said, let's, let's just at least spend like five minutes and get, let my daughter experience what maybe like a, a short dance or what a prom may look like. Uh, it was a kind gesture. Uh, she didn't have anything to do with it, but at least it was something that we were trying to do to try to provide some comfort for missing her prom and things like that. So, but I, I just wanted to share that, but at least we're at least well, I, try something. So. Yeah. I think that what that does, so it shows her that even though the world made us skip a beat, you didn't skip a beat. Like you still acknowledged that it was important to her. So, you know, kudos right. to you for doing that because that's the other thing is that if they know they're missing something in their life, and we don't bring it up to them. 
are they now feeling that, okay, so now society's forgotten and even my family's forgotten. So where, where's my belonging? Like, where does depression come from in our kids? Well, first of all, we need to talk about brain development. You know, um, I just got recently certified by Dr. Amen as a brain trainer. And one of the most interesting things I figured out is that we think brain trauma is something that, like, you fall off your bike, you get a concussion, you know, you get tackled, you, you get in a car accident. But we all have brain trauma. We have brain trauma anytime we have shaken our brain in such a way that it's hit the skull. So, like, um, my, my boys played soccer. They were, they were always hitting the ball with their head. You know, they were right. headbutting it. That's a brain trauma because our brains are like butter. And when they shake around in our skull, that's a bony, hard structure. It cuts neurons and mm-hmm. blood vessels. And it creates trauma. And that trauma are like divots in our brain that hold the trauma that can actually create the depression and the anxiety. So when people are all worried about getting medication and stuff, maybe we need to start doing brain scans to see how do we get the brain health better before we start assuming it's a certain diagnosis and giving them medication. We've got to get curious about this. We need to start talking to our kids more and asking them questions to find out what is going on in their life. We're only depressed when we're constantly thinking about what's not working or what we're missing out on or what we don't have. When you are consciously aware of what you're grateful for, like I loved how you started the show off. Like I just want to give, you know, above all gratitude to God for giving us another day. I mean, that's how I start my day off. You know, genuinely, that's how I start my day off. And there's no way, no matter what is going on in my life, in that moment of giving God my grace and my gratitude, there's no way for that second I can be depressed at the same time. It's physically yeah. impossible. Good point. Very good point. Very good point. So, Venu, what can parents and guardians do, you know, with all that's going on? How, what can we do as parents and guardians to help alleviate the stress and the strain in the family and especially with our children. Can you give us some tips or anything that we can do uh, during this time period? We need to create a open, safe, and trusting environment for our children. We, and that would look like specifically us, you know, taking an interest in what they're doing, what's going on, how they're spending their time, who are they talking with, you know, Um, I was just coaching, um, you know, a 12-year-old recently, and she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you this. Um, She's on some platform called Quora. It's a social media platform. I've never heard of it before, but I've heard of it now. And she's like, there was a girl on there back in January saying that she was cutting, and so I reached out to her and said if she ever needed to talk, I was there for her. So I said, well, that was sweet of you. But she continued the conversation to up until two weeks ago, the girl said, I'm probably not going to answer you anymore because I'm leaving the world. I'm out. And my client who's 12, a 12-year-old who doesn't have the comprehension to understand is like, please, 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 no, 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 please, please, please. And the girl comes back on the next day saying, I'm so sorry to worry you. I'm still here. So my Hmm. client who's 12 had a night of going through this trauma a trauma of thinking that this person who she's befriended has no idea where she lives or anything about her because it's all on a platform through chat right. is going to kill herself. And she knows that it, and she, what does she do with that information? She couldn't share with her parents. 
As a matter of fact, today I was like, because she kind of started, you know, when I was um, talking to her, they started breaking out. I'm like, are you okay? She goes, I feel like I'm just kind of anxious. I said, about what? And she goes, I feel like I should have told you a while ago. And I said, you know what's great is that you're telling me now. And mm-hmm. she goes, I really wasn't trying to hide it. I just, I really forgot. But I know that I needed to share this with you. And I said, well, I appreciate you sharing that with me. And I told her, I said, this is heavy-duty stuff. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, her parents are very diligent about what she watches, who she talks to. Like, she has a phone, but it's only Wi-Fi. It's not, you know, a, a land, it's not a, a connected line, so she can't call people. She, her parents don't let her have any other social media. And yet they still did not get this, that her daughter was doing this. We have mm-hmm. got to be more diligent on what our kids are doing, receiving, and communicating because their brain at 12 can't even comprehend the emotions of what goes behind that. And so, you know, in order for her to have shared that, she would have had to feel that there's open, there's safe, and there's trusting communication, meaning that her parents wouldn't go on and on. They wouldn't scold her. They wouldn't be judgmental about it. They'd be curious to say, tell me more, you Mm -hmm. know, why don't we try this? Giving the girl some solutions so she didn't go to bed thinking that that girl killed herself and she could have done something, but she didn't know what to do. That's why I'm saying it's, you know, so important that us parents are very diligent on looking at what are our kids doing, who are they communicating, and what are they communicating. Good point. Very good point. And I like how you open up by saying creating that uh, like that healthy environment up front is something that my wife and I did with our children. Uh, we always had a, what we call an open door. We've heard that term, open door policy. And what I mean by that is there's no subject or topic that is off limits if my kids are inquiring to us about it. And I know sometimes uh, it may be premature or they may be uh, maybe immature, I would say, based upon the topic that they're asking us about. But at least we've created an environment to where they are able to ask questions and get a response or an answer from us. And I believe in allowing that environment, it helps alleviate the stress that may be upon our children. Because a lot of times, even as grownups, there are times when instead of vocalizing and bringing forth what is on our heart or in our minds, we isolate ourselves. And that is not a good thing to isolate yourself. And I definitely don't want my children to isolate themselves. It's just going to add even more stress upon them. So it's anything that we can do as a parent or as guardian to relieve that stress, uh, from our overall family base and from our children, create a health environment, just like you said, and make sure that the door is open to communicate. I just think the communication is so important here. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Communication is key, and it's how we communicate. You know, like one of the things that I've also noticed, and everything I'm sharing, I just want your listeners to know, I've walked through these shoes. So I'm not here to judge or criticize. I'm here to say, learn through what I've gone through. I have the 27 and 22 year old as the result, looking at where they're at in their life versus how did I raise them? So, you know, I did the best that I could at that time and I do better now. And so it's always about 
not self-beating yourself up saying I'm a bad parent. It's saying, okay, this is where I'm at now. What do I need to do to be better? So all these things I'm sharing, it's just about taking your life, taking your parenting to another level. But, um, you know, um, and I just lost my train of thought. Shoot. <laughs> I wanted to... So why I said that is because a lot of the times we will say things to our kids in a certain tonality. Our kids are so cued to the tonality we use. They don't even listen half the time of what we're saying. They're already defensive and creating what they want to say back to you or mm-hmm. laugh thereof, ignore you or whatever. And it's like, they don't even know what I said. They really just said this because of my tonality. And yet when they have a tonality, we're constantly saying you're rude. You're not talking to me appropriately. You know, um, that is uncalled for. That's not how you talk to an adult. But are we watching how our tonality is towards them? Where did they learn about tonality? Our communication Mm -hmm. is only 7% of our words. Mm -hmm. 38% of it is our, you know, the, the tonality that we use. We have got to do better if we want our kids to do better. I'm going to say that again. We have to do better if we want our kids to do better. And it starts with that communication. Okay, I apologize for that. I have some equipment going off in the background. Oh, no worries, no worries. So, you know, it's really the key is the communication, how we're communicating with kids, how are we allowing our kids to communicate with us, and having, again, it goes back to that open and safe. Our tonality makes it safe for our kids. Our tonality makes it more curious versus critical. We want to be a guide, not a dictator. Right. Absolutely. I have a, I have a question then for you, Benu. Uh I know when having these discussions, uh, these uh, times of talks with our children, I know with teenagers, uh, there are two words that uh, a lot of times, depending upon the, the circumstance or the situation, these two words I hear often because I heard them from both of mine and I heard them from numerous other kids that I, uh, from time to time, either mentor or go into the school system to speak with. I know, I call it the I know mentality. How do we overcome, uh, give me some advice or some tips or give us some advice or some tips of how to uh, deal with or how to help our children when they have that mentality of I know when we really know that they don't know, but they need to know. Can you give me some tips? This is just off the cuff. I'm just thinking as as you're talking. Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. So one of the things that I do, because, again, I have some older kids and I have some teenage kids, and when they're like, oh, I know, and I said, oh, you do know? Okay, then so what are you doing to act on that, or what are you doing to show that you know? And another opportunity when they say, I know, say, I'm so glad that you know this, but because you know this, why don't you listen again and see what else you can learn on top of what you know? Ah. I like that. <laughs> because if I know some information, like, so I'm taking this training right now, and I know a lot of it. But because I know it, I'm listening with different ears. I'm 
sifting through to see what other nuggets are hidden in the information I already know. Because when we say I know, we tell our brains to shut off, that there's no Mm -hmm. new information coming on, so we don't need to learn anything else. But when we tell our brains, I do know this, and, not but, but and, what else can I learn from this? Mm. Thank you. I love that. I love those tips. So there's two things we're doing with that, Lionel. We are, number one, not allowing them to shut us off by saying I know. But Mm -hmm. two, we are teaching our kids to be curious Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. by asking that question. Yeah, perfect. That's great. That's great. And by the way, listeners, you know, I always say I always have a pen in the pad. Take notes. Uh, I, I always do the same. So I always do the same. Very good. I like. I like that. I like that. So, so saying that, you know, I've talked about, or we've talked about, the mental and the emotional stress that can affect us and affect our children. Through that, it can affect our finances as well. Can you provide maybe some insight or some thoughts around the the stress emotionally, mentally? and and to incorporate the financial stress that may come upon families during this time period? How they can be... What what is stress, first of all, whether it's financial, whether it's with your kids? Stress is a feeling of high tension over a problem that's lingering, like we can't solve it. Is it pressure of time? Is it, you know, not having enough money for your bills? So it sends us, our stress almost sends us into a kind of a, a panic, right? So it's almost like the only time we function is if we're stressed out, because if we're stressed out, we know our mind's on double duty finding the solutions. I go back to when I was a college student. I had the syllabus the first day of, of class. I knew I had a term paper to do. I knew it was going to be due, you know, in six weeks. When did I start that term paper? Two days before it was due. What was my belief? I do better under pressure. And because the results were, I would get an A on my paper. Um, That I do better under pressure or is it I have no excuses or time is running out so I better get it done and I really, really want an A. So I forgo my sleep. I stay up all night to get a paper so I can get that A. But if I would have chunked it, and put it and divided it up a little at a time, a little at a time, and I had spread it over, I probably could have done it in two weeks, still got an A with no pressure to get something accomplished for the rewards I wanted. So, again, what are we creating as stress? You know, um, is it stress that you have bills to pay and you don't have money? Absolutely. So instead of always getting to that point where you're stressed, Get a different plan because the plan you're using isn't working for you. Find out what would have to happen for you to have enough money for your bills each month and put things away so when there are situations where you can't pay your bills or you're out of work or something happened, that you don't have that stress again. We have to get to a point in our lives where stress is non-negotiable, like we're not going to go there anymore. And the only way to tackle that is to get to the cause of the stress. Good point. And I think that planning uh, is key uh, when you we were talking about the financial piece. Uh, 
one way of preventing that stress, I just say, for instance, when uh, people lose their jobs or, or a reduction in their income, I think it's vitally important that, first of all, to have a budget in place, a realistic budget that you're working that budget for your benefit. And within that budget, you, we must have what we call an emergency fund. That means that you have money set aside just in case life happens, which is going to happen, where you're going to be affected in some form or fashion to prevent that stress from overtaking you. So I love what you said. I mean, first of all, stress is not our friend, even though we run to it <laughs> when things happen. But it's, it's so good to be able to have some information on the front end of knowing how to deal with stress and then plan as best we can, depending upon the situations in our lives. So any, any more thoughts on that? Right. Well, I just feel like, you know, tension's not bad. We need tension to create our results, too. It's the tension that we dwell on when we feel like we can't. So what's not available like what's going to go wrong is always available. What's going to go right is always available too. We just have to choose. One of my favorite sayings that one of my coaches said is when you change what you see, what you see will change. So if you always see yourself as not a good parent, no matter what you do, your brain won't lie to you. That's all you'll ever be is not a good parent. But if you see yourself as an amazing parent, then what you do, whether it's the right choice or not, you'll still find the gift in it, and you'll say, yep, I'm still an amazing parent because I learned this lesson, and maybe we learned it together. If you change the fact that, you know what, I, there's no way. I'm never going to make that kind of money. You're right. You never are. You know, um, I forget who said it. Um, one of our past presidents, I think, said, you know, whether you think you are, uh, you can or you can't, you're right. And yes. It's the same I've thing. I've heard that quote before. If you, yeah, I've heard that. If you will see yourself as being a wealthy money magnet, then you will start to see what in your life creates that statement to be true. Now, I'm not saying sit on the couch and say, I'm a money magnet and money's going to flow to you. <laughs> right. Because whatever you do, you're not going to change what you see because in, in reality, you're not seeing your money magnet, it's not yeah. what you're seeing. So you have to be honest with what you're seeing, right? Yeah. So, you know, and I say this about our kids. Because, like, you know, I have six kids. Do I have one child that's more difficult than the other? Sure, I sure do. But if I keep labeling that child as my difficult child, that's all I'll ever see that child as is a difficult child. But if I change and say, gosh, that child is so creative, that child's so curious, and that child brings so much more knowledge to my life just by watching that child, they're no longer seen as difficult. They're seen as curious, creative and entertaining and everything yeah. they do now doesn't irritate me because I see it in a different light. Cause I see them in a different light. I like that. That's perfectly stated right there. I mean, uh, change what we see. So, you know, seeing things differently, almost like speaking those things that we want to be and then, uh, taking action to help it bring, to, uh, help it come to pass in a sense. So I, I love that. Right. Very, and very I'm good not I'm not saying like the secret where, you know, you, you focus on a hundred dollar bills and it's going to show up. I'm saying that if I see myself as a, you know, wealthy and healthy and I'm a money magnet and I get up to go to work today, I'm going to see that as a positive thing that I got up and I went to work because it was towards the fact that I'm healthy and wealthy and I'm a money magnet versus 
if I saw myself broke as a joke and I got out of bed, I might see myself as I don't even see the use of going to work because no matter what, I'm broke as a joke. So you see your actions in the view, like think of rose-colored glasses, in the view that you see your life. You'll see a different meaning of what you've been giving the meanings to because you see it through a different lens. Very good point. So, so what should we, um, what should we focus on? You know, we are now, you know, I'll just say the pandemic started back in March last year, and here we are in the month of May. Things have definitely improved uh, overall. So, what should we focus on going forward, or either in a post-pandemic uh, environment? regarding our emotional and mental uh, uh, mindsets. You can kind of give us some tips of what, what we can focus on from a family standpoint, what we can help our children to focus on so we can have a good, healthy family environment. I would definitely focus on, you know, unity. I would focus on connection. I would focus on harmony and peace. See that in your life. See that with your children. See that in your job. See that in the world. And what you do, let your actions reflect that. Uh, now, that could be easily said than done sometimes, Anu. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I'm sitting here in the gas crisis here in North Carolina, right? Like, yes. And I'm watching the world in a full pandemic. I went out yesterday. I went to Sam's Club, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I have half a tank of gas, but I always try to get my gas at Sam's Club. Pulled uh-huh. up, had, went and got gas, no problem. Come home last night, and all I see is like, oh, there's a gas crisis, there's a gas crisis, because uh-huh. the news decided yeah. to put that out there. So yep. guess what? I didn't just at all, although other people did, and I had gas yeah. in my car, and I was able yeah. to come back and, you know, shut the rest of the world out. And so is that difficult? Sure it is, but it's also a choice. It's only difficult if we say it's difficult. Why it's not difficult is ask yourself who you're surrounding yourself with. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you, are you putting things in your mind that are going to create weeds or are you putting things in your mind that's going to create a beautiful forest? Now you just, you hit on something there and, and somewhat answered because I can, I can hear people say that. That's why I made the response uh, regarding that. We all have choices. And yes. I always like to say more information help dictate my choice. I can have a good choice and a healthy choice, a healthy outlook based upon the information that I am taking in. If you take in, it's just like a, the old computer uh, mantra, garbage in garbage out. If you're putting in healthy things, healthy things will come out. Correct. And, you know, surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up. There's a Mm -hmm. saying, I don't know who said it, and I'm going to paraphrase the saying. If the people around you are not lifting you up, then you don't have a circle of friends. You have a cage. Find the key and get out. I like that. Got to make note of that. Typing that down right now. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Now, Vanu, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. This has been uh, eye-opening. Uh, I never had a show like this to talk about uh, from this perspective of life. 
with our family, with our children, and especially during the pandemic. Uh, but thank you so much for the great information that uh, you shared with us tonight. Now, for all of my listeners that are listening in that would like to reach out to you or have some form of connection with you as we're coming down to a close, will you please provide your contact information and any other information that you would like for all of us to know about? Sure. Thank you so much. So Mm -hmm. I am available on any social media under Venu Inspires. That's V-E-E-N-U Inspires. My website is VenuInspires.com. If you feel there's something going on in your life, some challenges with your family, with your children, reach out to me. I'll do a free discovery call with you. We can figure out together what the cause is, give you some good tips to, and strategies to go forward so you're not stuck. Suffering is a choice. If you choose to do nothing and close your eyes thinking your kids will outgrow it, it that, that will not happen. As they get older, the problem gets older and bigger. We always say, kill it while it's a baby. Don't wait till it gets bigger, right? The problem, that is the problem. Right. And um, so all my social media, if you go to my website, there's a free ebook that you can download. It's Teach Your Children That They're Enough. There, it's a quick read that gives you three tips you can implement today with your children to start building that open, safe, and trusting communication with them. Um, also, you know, there's um, – Lots of information on my, um, I have a parent group on Facebook called um, the Uncensored Parents, Real and Raw. You know, get into my Facebook group as well. You know, join the conversation. Um, I'm here to support, you know, it, it's just, it's one person at a time, right? Um, right. And I, I, I hope your listeners have gotten value out of today. I hope that, you know, anyone that feels called to, um, please reach out to me and let me support you. Perfect, perfect. Well, Venu, I thank you so much for uh, being a guest here on my show. I thank you so much for sharing uh, your knowledge and expertise with my listening audience. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for those of you who don't know, I have a new show now. Yes, you can catch the Shape Your Finances show on the Spondulix channel on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. Yes, I'm finally uh, spreading my wings now. So you can catch me now on streaming television. Very excited about this new venture Uh, For this platform, I will still have my radio show, but now you can visually see me now on streaming television. So if you go to Spondulix channel or download the Spondulix channel on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, you can catch my show streaming uh, there on the channel. So very excited for that. And by the way, if you haven't touched base with me on social media, you can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But you can always reach me on my website at shipmentconsulting.com. Now, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. In the meantime, as we're getting ready to close out, you know I always have to play a little bit of smooth jazz music. Check out this tune called On the Edge 
by Mr. Nick Coleon. Take care, everyone. <laughs>